Welcome to the Pitting Combination Podcast. We are back for 2022-2023 season. I'm KJ Pilcher, the Gazette, alongside Hall of Fame coach, competitor, uh, now media uh, member uh, for a few years now, uh, Dick Riggs. Uh, coach, Thanksgiving's behind us, and now we're straight ahead for wrestling the next three or four months. You know, so many indicators to, to when the wrestling season starts. Obviously, you mentioned Thanksgiving, but but uh, cold weather. We had some cold weather that hit. And, and of course, uh, when it goes back to, I think we're daylight time, savings time in the summer, right? And then we're back on regular time now. I forget how it works, but, but uh, when that happens, I know it's wrestling season because it's about five o'clock, it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> right. Feeling good. It's that time of the year. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, driving out to uh, Albernet last night for the first uh, boys competition of the season, a uh, little bit before six o'clock, and it's pitch, pitch blackout. Uh, five five months earlier, um, you know the sun would be uh, shining bright at that time of the, of the evening or the late afternoon. So. Don't get me wrong. I like summers too, but man, it's wrestling season. So let's embrace it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's one, that's one thing that I think gets overlooked before we jump into things, you know, and, and I know you've had, I would, I would guess thousands, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of, of days over your long career that when it comes to winter time, <laughs> I, I wasn't getting at the age thing, but um. <laughs> Man, how many days during the wrestling season did you have where you did not see sunlight? The, the light of day, right? The window. It was every day of the week, you know, the, the five days. And then on Saturday, we'd get up and you're, you're exactly right. Crack of dawn because you're, I mean, sometimes we're leaving at five in the morning to, you know, or at least we're at the school getting ready to leave and checking weight and that sort of thing before we go to Southeast Polk or over to Valley or somewhere out, you know up to Cedar Falls to our big tournaments, you know, so you have to get there for weigh-in and, uh, you know, two hours ahead of time. So, uh, yeah, exactly. The tournament would run till, till dark. And, and, uh, then Sunday when, of course, when you know, Kyle started going, you know, in the youth wrestling, it, it was, a, it was a seven day a week. And it was like, you know, when the season started until, until March, you know, so yeah, it's a blast. That's you better love I don't it. Think, I don't think people appreciate People that have been through it appreciate it, but I still remember getting up at five or five thirty to go in and run and have conditioning before school and it's dark and it's cold, you know, and then you, you know, you shower there at school, go to class after school, back to the room and, you know, then you're walking out and it's dark and cold again, right. you know. I have, a, I have a, a kind of a neat story that, that goes along with this that goes, it was, a, it was a Friday night before a tournament and one of my wrestlers, George Rock, I'll say his name. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember. has some wrestlers, some sons that have, have wrestled and may still be wrestling over at Marion. And uh, anyway, so George was a little bit overweight and he was having some trouble mentally and that sort of thing. So, and, you know, I said, come on, George, let's get our gear on and let's run. And we were running in the, in the, around the halls back when I was younger and could do that <laughs> uh, we just ran and ran and ran and talking and just just got away from worrying about our weight 
and just got to business where, you know, just went all over the place in that school and, and uh, you know, down in the pool and ran around it and over in the fine arts and ran around. Anyway, um, we, uh, we got done. He was down to weight and was, was good, weighed in the next day and won the darn tournament. And it was just one of my really fond memories of, uh, of, you know, of the camaraderie that happens between a coach and a wrestler. And, and uh, that was a so awesome. to bring that up is we were there till 10 o'clock at night. So <laughs> a long day, but the yeah. reward was the, the, you know, on Saturday. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Hey, let's jump into the college. Uh, see a big week here uh, this week to start off uh, December, obviously the Cyhawk series um, duel this year at Carver Hawkeye arena on Sunday, uh, starting at 1 PM. Uh, you've got Iowa that's 5-0, and uh, Iowa State 5-0. and um, You know, neither one of them have really been challenged uh, as of late, except for, you know, maybe the Iowa-Penn duel. Uh, Iowa's coming off that uh, win on Saturday, 26-11. Um, you know, won the first five matches up 17-0, lost uh, uh, three in a row there at uh, between 25 and 41, and then got two big wins to close things out. Um, Iowa State's looked really, really impressive so far. Uh, I think uh, was their last duel, the, uh, the win over Grandview um, up at Humboldt in what's become a neat uh, um, event. But uh, – you know, I, I guess uh, first off, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, Iowa State. I have a, a, quite a Is number this... of thoughts. First of all, I, I like how both teams have, have have made their schedule at the beginning. Um, you know, they're kind of easing into it, and not and not you know, in the past, Iowa's gone to to Luther, and you know, which is more of a Division three and some Division two there. Mm-hmm. And, they're the only division one school there. So I, I like that they're wrestling division one schools and maybe because their schedule is going to get you know, real tough and, you know, later on. So maybe it's a little easier, you know, everything's a perspective, right? Easier for Iowa, not easier for the guys that wrestle in Iowa. But, uh, um, you know, so they've eased into that and Iowa state, the same thing. And, uh, you know, five and oh, and, the, and they've done that as well. Um, Iowa state has had some, some wrestlers that have knocked off some big time wrestlers already. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so we'll talk about that as we get into the lineups, but, but, uh, holy cow. So, I mean, they've had some impressive wins, you know, three of them that are you know, coming to kind of the top of my head, but anyway, the, um, um, you know, so that's nice. You and I, on the other hand, hasn't had much competition yet. So it's hard to judge. And, and so we'll see how that all shakes out with those three schools, but particularly Iowa and Iowa state with this meet coming up and you'll know better than I am, or I do that the lineups you've seen that are the projected ones. So, uh, and I have not seen that, but, but, uh, um, and one other thing, I think we're going to see maybe, I, I don't about know about this weekend, uh, is Spencer Lee, is he, uh, projected to wrestle? Uh, we can, we can go through the probable lineups right now. Spencer Lee is not, uh, uh, listed. Um, you know, uh, Brands was asked about kind of the status of, you know, Lee and, uh, Teskey and Real Wood, Real Woods, um, you know, and he kind of gave his 
his usual stock answer while they're day to day, you know, heard if it was up to Spencer Lee, he would definitely go. Uh, I've been asked a ton, obviously, about, you know, if I think we'll see Spencer Lee or not. Um, my first instinct is no. Um, I've always kind of contended that I doubt we see Spencer Lee before January. Uh, just because, you know, there's there's a lot at stake for him even beyond March. Oh, huge. Yeah, you know, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was amazed, you know, during media day, um, he was talking to somebody and it's been five years since he's wrestled in a freestyle match. And you remember he's, he was coming in as one of the most decorated, you know. Uh, it's been five years. Yeah. It's, it's, it might, it might even be longer than that. What about um, down to texas and swept through the oh okay yeah that that uh that one was uh uh that one would be the exception when he went to the senior nationals and and won that right but you know kind of like the uh you know the world championships i think you know stuff like that it's been so long since he's been at the, on that stage. Oh, you're sure international competition. I'm with. I, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I, uh, um, I have to say this. I, I happened to bump into his parents uh, leaving uh, uh, Sam's Club. We were both, we were checking out. Oh. It was sort of standing <laughs> in the door, so it was a very brief meeting. But you know, I asked how how, how he was doing, and in, in in the very brief time that we talked, they mentioned in the, the senses that they're going to be very. I'm not going to say they didn't say protected, but. I'm saying protective of Spencer because of the, you know, he's you're a potential four timer you can go, and world competition and those, and those sorts of things. So they're going to look at the big picture, not, you know, the, the Iowa state meet this weekend. <laughs> type of right. Right. You, you know, and, and that's the thing you have this huge duel now that it's a battle of top 10 teams. Um, but when it boils down to it, essentially bragging rights is all that's at, at stake, really, right? It's not a conference duel. It's not, yeah. you know, I mean, but it's a, I mean, the bragging rights are worth a lot. Well, and potential you know. seating, but yes. Yeah. You know, but for Spencer Lee, that's not going to, I mean, yeah, yeah. Know, he's not, he's not going to have to beat Kyson Terrakina to make sure his Good. seat is. So, but for the others, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's where I kind of hesitate. Now I've heard that if it was up to Spencer Lee, he'd be coming out of the tunnel. But yeah. you know, I, I think you're you're looking at something where you know, obviously the four time titleist thing is big for the program. It's important to Spencer, but in the list of things that he has on his list to achieve the four-time thing is not uh not nearly as high as what he has planned um right on the world stage world championships and olympics and you know he's and, just 23 or so so right and to be fair his parents did not mention the four time <laughs> they would not do that <laughs> so as you might expect yeah. 
Yeah. So that's that's something where they have to be careful. Now, if Spencer Lee walks out of the tunnel on Sunday, I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised for him to come out and get one match in if he's cleared, if they feel comfortable and, and confident. You know, I could see that a la Sam Stoll uh the one year when he came out at heavyweight and wrestled Danny Gremmel um when the team needed it at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Um you know, so well, I I don't think you you come back for an additional year if you don't have the intention of achieving that goal of four time and <laughs> Big Ten champ and you know all all of those accolades and and, and uh, goals. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. They're going to be very here and there with him. Yeah, and you know that's one of the things he he referenced a few times that. When he came to Iowa, he promised Bruce Harold, uh, the then uh, the UI president, uh, to get at least two team titles. So he's still bound and determined to make good on his word for two team titles, even though uh, that's still going to be a, a, a tough uh, uh, hill to climb come uh, March for Iowa. But for, for Sunday, right now, you've got uh, Kyson Tarakina. Um, you know, who's ranked in the, the teens range and, and obviously, uh, uh, you know, strong competitor there. He's three and two right now um, against Aiden Harris, who uh, just isn't, you know, at that level, um, giving up some bonus points and, and stuff. Um, well, it's, you know, at 125, is that one where uh, – Assuming it's what the probable lineup say with Harris and Tarakina, you got to think that's bonus points for Iowa State there? I would think a major is, is in order maybe at, for Iowa State, yeah. Well, uh, at 133, uh, Colin Shriver is listed at uh, uh, for Iowa. You know, he's 7-1, and one, but coming off a loss to uh, uh, Michael Kolioko um, of Penn. Um, Kolioko right on the kind of the top 10 verge around a 12 guy, uh, according to the rankings, um, against, uh, Ramazan and Asayoff and, or, uh, Zach Redding. Now I heard Redding's had, uh, you know, maybe some trouble with the weight cut. So this could be, a uh, either or there. What are your feelings about, uh, 133, which way can that go? Well, and I'm guessing, so I'm going to throw another name out there. Um, you may have more information than I do. Uh, Brody Teske, I'm thinking he might have weight trouble issues as well, or maybe there's something else. I don't know what's going on. but I think there's a minor injury. Minor injury, okay. Yeah. He just seems big to me, so uh, <laughs> uh, that's why I thought he may, if he goes 33, which it sounds like he will, that he may have trouble maintaining that throughout the year. Uh, he's a big guy, in my opinion. But we'll see. Um, so, uh, boy, that's tough. Even with Redding out, Iowa State still has a formidable wrestler there. Uh, boy, um, hmm, I that's that's one of to those toss-up matches, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, let's uh, flip it up in the air and hope it just doesn't land on its side. Um, you know, Shriver Shriver has looked good. 
but obviously not uh, uh, not the same caliber of uh, wrestlers um, at the Luther Open and, and stuff like that um, that he's faced, even though he looked really good at the uh, armbar at the armory um, against Buffalo and Sacred Heart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, dropped a 6-0 decision to Kolioko. Boy, yeah, it's, it's that one's a toughie. That that one's a that one's a toughie. Um, I'm gonna give it to Shriver. Um, just cut. Just being at Iowa City, yep. you know. Um, it's got, you know, uh, you know, just coming off a loss to a top ten guy, you know. Maybe that's a little extra kick in the pants. Um, I'll just go with Schriever and a decision there. Okay. Possibly. Now, did you say Real Woods is potentially back? He's on the list. Uh, yes, he's on the uh, he's on the probable lineup. Uh, it's uh, Drew Bennett and Real, uh, Real Woods um, listed at one forty one. And the other thing too is. When we were leaving uh, media day, you know, they have the wrestler availability um, in the media room um, off the tunnel at Carver Hawkeye Arena. So um, if anybody's been down there and know the, knows the lay of the land, it's kind of by the equipment checkout room that, you know, basketball players, wrestlers come down there and get their practice stuff. Um, when Myself and uh, Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times, we we're getting on the elevator to go leave. And when we, when the elevator doors open, here came uh, Real Woods walking by and said hi and heading to the equipment uh, uh, cage to get his uh, uh, wrestling stuff, I presume. And, uh, you know, take that for, take that with a grain of salt, but. At that point, I was like, all right, maybe he is going um, this weekend. Yes. So, and I think that changes the complexion of 141 uh, quite a bit. Yeah, well, if he's sure. I think so too. That probably favors Iowa rather than Iowa State, you know, maybe. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, people are pretty excited, I think, to see him on the mat in the, the, the black and gold. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, it also might be, you know, I've, we've, we've seen this before where they get, you know, maybe uh, Coach Brands is uh, getting him down to weight and getting him, you know, through the process. But here's a, you know, what is he, a six-year senior that's, uh, uh, he's been through it, but, you know, it's still a different school and everything. So who knows? We, we, he may be, Brands may be having him you know, get down to weight and then not, not wrestling. Plus, I, have you noticed they haven't started their meets at 18? I mean, 18 at, at 25. 25. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, how old I was. I just said, what I know, right? You're going back to pre, well, 90, 1998. Uh, so going anyway, back about 25 years. Uh, so, then, you know, with that being said, maybe they start, you know, somewhere past 141. And if they don't need him, they don't put him out sort of thing, you know, so. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after we go through the probable lineups about, you know, what would be a good start for, for each for each team, actually. Um, but that one, 
Boy, I'd have to think if uh, Real Woods is out there, um, obviously uh, him at least the decision over Casey Swiderski, if not maybe a major, depending on how Woods is feeling. Um, But if it's uh, Swiderski and Drew Bennett, um, you know, thinking uh, that's in Iowa State's favor uh, by decision. Right, and I have to say I haven't seen either one of them wrestle, uh, Woods or Sadursky. So I have to kind of go with, with rankings and, and previous stuff. So I'm I'm with you there on that. So, you know, 149. This could be one of the there. There's a handful of matchups that are intriguing, but this one might be um, yeah. one of the best ones of the of the afternoon. You've got uh, Max Murin. Um, for Iowa, and then uh, Panero Johnson, who is off to a great start, four and zero with one of those wins coming against Austin Gomez. Um, right, really impressive. And, and, and handled Gomez, and then Gomez beats Yanni. Yeah, and right. The cow, you know. So first of all, I didn't think Yanni could be beat. <laughs> then and then, you know, I I think that Gomez was a little ticked after that after that match and you know, got after it, but boy, is that going to be an exciting match here and an exciting weight this year. It's yeah. just, I mean, already it is. So uh, one forty nine has been a lot of fun. I'm anxious that I'm with you. That's probably the match of the night. So uh, still, you know, I still think uh, Max Buren just on experience and, and stuff uh, and the decision there, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's a, match that's close and could go either way yeah i'm gonna man that that johnson is put together i'm gonna lean that way i'm not i'm not against max or anything but he he, the way he handled gomez he's wow i gotta go that way until he proves me different i guess no you know mirren's coming off uh overtime victory um against a top 10 guy but you know he needed uh, you know, he needed extra frame to uh, uh, beat uh, Zap, Doug Zap from uh, Penn. So, yeah, I mean that'll be that should be a fun one at forty nine. Um, at one fifty seven, you got uh, Kobe uh, Kobe Seabreck with Lisbon, um, former Lisbon prep for Iowa, um, against Caleb Rachi, um, and hot off the press, guy, hot off the press news on Seabreck. What did you tell me? Uh, yeah, his uh, his big pin. He uh, pinned uh, uh, 10th ranked um, Artelona from Penn uh, on Saturday to cap that uh, that duel at Carver Hawkeye Arena, um, and he was named Big Ten Wrestler of the Week um, this week. So, uh, congratulations to Kobe Seabrecht. Uh, you know, big exciting win, and um, I believe he is now. Four, five and zero. Oh? I think uh, four and zero, oh. four and zero oh right now um, to start the season. So, uh, so you got one of those two. Personally, I think it's going to be Kobe Seabrecht, um, just by what he's done here um, early on. Um, and who's Iowa Jason, State? Who's Iowa State putting out there? Jason Kreiser. Um, uh, senior from Elliot's Ellicott 
City, Maryland. Uh, I'm not familiar with Kreiser. No. Um, you know, and, and I think that's pretty telling um, yeah. there. You know, I, you know, Seabreck still looking to see if he has that consistency, you know, to go uh, to perform, you know, each duel um, at a high level, you know. Um, and you got to remember, too, he was on his back uh, and had to roll through Artelona to get that pin, um, you know, so. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with Seabrick on this one. Um, I don't know if we can get a major there, if he can get, if he can get a major or if uh, I just, I'm not knowing the Iowa State wrestler, I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing here. Yeah, and, and you know, that's one of the things that's kind of tricky too, because Seabrick is kind of a wrestler that uh, not, I, I wouldn't say funky, but there could be some unorthodox yeah. wrestling. And that, that's something where it could either pay off and you can put up big, big points. You could give up points, you know, or in a big meet like this with 14,000 fans, you might uh, not necessarily clam up, but, you know, you may not wrestle quite as loose and maybe only win four or three or three, two, something like that. Well, and, and Iowa in their last outing had a lot of that kind of rustling going on early in the meet. So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's potential. Uh, so at 165, um, you've got Patrick Kennedy, who's stepping in for Alex Marinelli now. Um, he's uh, ranked in the, the mid-teens, depending on who you look at. And then, of course, you've got uh, national champ and uh, two-time All-American David Carr, who's ranked third at 165. Um, you know, Kennedy's look good. He's strong. But, you know, the I, I, I could see this being three, possibly four points, depending on just what type of pace David Carr comes out and wrestles um, on Sunday. Could be, could be a major, could be just a regular decision. Uh, I agree with you. It could be. I, I'm going to lean towards a regular decision. Carr is up a weight, but that he's still so effective and so strong and quick. But uh, um, and you know Kennedy's new to the lineup, but again he's highly ranked. I, he's highest 13th. So that I saw anyway. So uh, you know, good for him. Um, I think it's going to be a regular decision. I favor Carr, but okay. with the potential for a bonus. Yeah, and, and I like Patrick Kennedy a lot. But David Carr is David Carr, man. You know, I and that's uh, that's one that I think is in the Iowa State's uh, pocket. Um, and then you move to one seventy four. Interesting. Uh, the probable lineups before Penn did not have Nelson Brands uh, in the lineup. Um, bout sheets uh, get handed out after weigh-ins, and there's Nelson's name um, ready to go. Um, and, uh, I thought it was, you know, and I don't blame coaches and wrestlers not being real open about injuries. Right. Um, it's just one of those things where 
there's so many hoops to jump through. And depending on who you're talking about, you may not be able to share certain information. So they just become really vague and, and give ambiguous answers. And, and I understand that for Nelson Brands after the pen duel to come out and just openly go, hey, I was in a motorcycle accident six weeks ago, broke my collarbone, had to have surgery. Uh, that's why I haven't been wrestling. It was like, <laughs> okay, talk about being an open book. And, uh, you know, he's back. He had Tommy John surgery after injuring his elbow last year, uh, last December. Um, so he's got his left elbow tape, but he came out, got a 5-1 victory, uh, not as open um, and offensive as you're kind of used to seeing from him. And he certainly wasn't uh, uh, satisfied with, with his performance, but I think that's a good thing. Iowa has him back, um, but where's he going to be at? Julian Broderson from Iowa State. At 174, has cracked the rankings uh, with Intermat. Um, and he's off to a really good start. And, you know, remember Julian Broderson was, uh, you know, highly touted kid coming out of Assumption. Um, I think this is going to be a tighter match than uh, what many might might think. This, uh, this is a close one, possibly. Uh, the um, uh, back up to Nelson. I the the contacts that I've had with him, he seems very personable. So I'm not surprised to hear him just open up like that. It just <laughs> it's, it makes him you know sounds like he's a fun guy to be around and that sort of thing. Oh, so, yeah. uh, uh, you know, so that's that's neat. I mean, you, know, you get tired of hearing same old you know cliche type things, and he doesn't give you that as you'd expect, I guess. You know, but uh, um, you know they've got those HIPAA rules that that you know you can't offer medical you know information so much so the coaches are kind of have their hands tied there uh, as far as the matches because well Broderson uh, from Assumption former Assumption wrestler so you got two Iowa wrestlers going here uh, high school uh, Iowa high school wrestlers first first uh, one matchup of the meet but um, um, you know Kyle Russell Broderson two years ago I guess it was in that duel yeah. and beating that and so um, uh, I, I I'm favor and I think it's good that uh, Nelson was able to get out on the mat before the Iowa State meet. So now mm -hmm. he got the cobwebs out. And, and there's got to be a little bit of fear when they have an injury like that, that, you know, am I all right? You know, got to, am I protecting it and that sort of thing? So um, even though you go harder probably in, in the room, it's still a competition and, you know, things happen. So there's that in the back of your mind. If it's not fear, it's a concern at least. And so I'm glad they got that match in, in with him. So I, I'm going to favor brands in this match. Uh, yeah, and a couple more things, too, and just kind of piggybacking on what you said. You know, one of the things he, he talked about was, one, the butterflies that he had just because he had wrestled in almost a year. Right. And he was like, he goes, I'm not sure I've ever had that big of a layoff since I started, you know, and um, comparatively, you know, uh, I think a lot of people – may not realize because, you know, he's Terry Brand's kid. They think he, you know, came out of the womb, you know, working on a snap down or something. But, um, you know, he didn't start wrestling until he was like fifth or sixth, you know, right. you know, in middle school. And it was one of those things where he went to his dad's like, hey, I want to try this. And I think they drove him to a, 
tournament in Williamsburg um, to start off. So, you know, that's been a while since he started wrestling and this might've been the longest layoff he's ever had. So he did have butterflies. And like you said, you know, he even mentioned in the post meet press conference, you know, uh, went out there and wrestled, you know, elbow isn't as great as he thought it might've been, but you know, the shoulder held up. Um, he's like held up. Right. So that's a good thing. So, yeah, I bet you there was, you know, some, uh, kind of, Maybe, uh, maybe just being apprehensive, uh, you know, because he even mentioned the last thing you want to do is re injure, uh, injury that's the worst thing you can do, and you know, now you kind of got to feel that, oh, you know, okay, I'm, I'm good, mm -hmm. you know, I can open it up a little bit. Um, so I, I, you know, I think you're right, I think that, uh, uh, that does help, uh, quite a bit, and. I think Brands uh, comes away with a decision here as well. Um, you know, like 149, 184 is one of those matches that, you know, could see going, uh, you know, either direction depending on who's on and um, and how things come out. You've got Abasad listed for, for Iowa at 184. Uh, and then you've got Marcus Coleman, who's coming off a fantastic year last year. I mean, I think that was really his breakthrough season. Um, you saw him get to a level, probably a weight where he's most comfortable, you know, because we saw, you know, kind of him and Colbray kind of dance around there um, previous years. It, but he looks good at 84, coming off a great season. He's ranked fifth. Uh, Assad's ranked eighth, um, you know, and uh, boy, that's one that could go either way. Agreed. I, I think this one and maybe even 97, we'll get to that in a minute. But so for me, uh, I agree. Coleman's on a roll and uh, Assad has had some time off and he's been on and off. And, you know, so uh, again, I'm not sure what we're going to see out of Assad. So uh, he, he has a potential and capability, but I'm going to favor Coleman in this one, I guess. So, and you're right. It's a toss up, but I'm just going to lean, I'll say towards Coleman. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Um, I like where Coleman's at. Um, I think that's, uh, um, I, I think that favors him. Um, so I'll go with Coleman as well there. Uh, 197, you got the, the big one. You know, this was one. Uh, Bastida won last year at Ames. Uh, the headgear spike and, you know, um, a lot of excitement um, that might have carried over a little bit. But um, – and you got Jacob Warner who, uh, you know, perennially ranked in the top four to six. Um you know, Bastida's made huge strides, continues to, to get better. Um, you know, Warner coming off uh, uh, the national finals uh, in March. Bastida was an All-American. Boy, get the quarter out again and, and flip it, huh? This is why you come to the meets and watch them, right? <laughs> so – my thoughts are, we've always said this about Warner. He see, it tends to wrestle to his competition. Mm -hmm. He can wrestle in the national finals against the, the best. You know, he get to the national finals, and, you know, or he can 
Russell down to competition as well. Yeah, you know, it, I'd like to see Jacob start taking control of those matches and and owning them. You know, like Ironside would say, get out and you know, don't stop. Just you know, continue to pour the points on him, and uh, that would be nice to see him be, to be able to do that. Bastida has and his deficiencies to me are he, he's really good on his feet, not as good on the mat, but he's getting better. And, uh, and he's, he's understanding that I've always had a notch on his conditioning, but then last year, you know, in this, in this me, I, you know, so it's not a bad, it's just that he just seems to look tired and not always wrestle tired, but just seems to look tired. I just wrestling hard on his feet, I guess. So, mm-hmm. uh, man, I don't even know which way to lean on this one. Uh, yeah. I guess I think I'm going to lean towards Warner because he's coming off a loss at the all-star meet and I think he's not going to be happy. So I don't think he wants to put back-to-back losses and especially losing last year. And I forgot about the headgear spike. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to lean towards Warner on this one. You know, the one thing about Jacob Warner, um, you know, you you kind of get this up and down uh, from him. Maybe that's even unfair. maybe that's even unfair because I, I think there's one thing that um so you know he he jumps out to an eight zero lead against Penn uh and then and looking tough and then gives up eight points on two turns in the second period and it ends up uh, still gotten out of 11, 10 victory there. But, you know, I, I think, and you saw it like at the uh, Midlands a few years ago where Tanner Sloan um, yeah. turned him multiple times. I think the good thing for War- Warner and Iowa here is with Bastida you know, international wrestlers and their their freestyle background, top is not really like a priority or, or something that they do well. You yeah, know, you just after yeah, just because of you know the folk style freestyle transition. Um, I'm sure the first thing coaches want to work on is underneath first. You know, because that's a you know, that's probably the the toughest thing to get used to uh, for mat wrestling. And then, you know, whatever we get on top is gravy. Um, so I think as far as like the strengths and, and weaknesses go, the fact that Bastida is not a big guy on top. Um, I think that helps Warner in this matchup too, because that's where Warner has given up big, big points. I just, and not to mention Warner's had a little bit of a different mentality, he admitted, um, where he's trying not to get too amped up or worry about matches too much and, you know, kind of has learned over the last, you know, six years that, you know, you just can't get that way. You know, you burn off too much energy and, and you know, you end up wrestling a three-and-a-half-minute match instead of a seven just because – you burn all this energy worrying and, you know, psyching yourself out before the match. Well, do so I, I'll, I'll leave Warner too. 
Uh, do I remember last year that he went out, got out to a big lead, maybe against Nebraska? And then I don't remember now. I was thinking the same thing. Your your thoughts and bringing that up that he got out to a big lead and then ended up losing the match, if I remember right. I was thinking it was Nebraska, but anyway, so that has happened in the past. So, yeah, good point. But I, I'm leaning towards him. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And then at, at heavyweight, you've got Tony Cassiope and Sam Schuler. Uh, Schuler or Skyler, I've heard it pronounced both ways. So, um, but, uh, you know, this was one where uh, Cassiope won by by stall out um, last year. Um, I think uh, uh, Skyler uh, was was much better by the end of the year last year than he was at the start. So I, I still think this is one where Cassiope wins. I think he, I think it's more of a, not if he wins, but by how much. And I can see him getting a, a major here. Um, but it could be a decision as well. Right. I haven't seen Schuler, Skyler. I haven't seen yeah. Sam uh, this year yet. But he, last year was, as I remember, was a smaller, a smaller heavyweight. So, um, he, uh, you know, but he, I liked his improvement throughout the year. It was fun watching him. I, I enjoyed his growth. And, uh, but I, I just think Cassiope again, coming off a loss at the all-star meet is not going to be happy with that. And, you know, I think this is a great opportunity to get a little redemption for himself. And, uh, and so I'm with, I'm with you. Cassiope, I think wins this one. And last year was close. I don't think it's close this year. So. Um, so let's, we, while we're going over the probable lineups, we talked about, you know, where this might start. If you're Iowa state, where would you want this to start? Oh, I hadn't looked at that. Uh, well, probably, um, without looking at it, I'm going to say they might want to go with uh 49 or 65, maybe. Really? big matches but if they can get that win that could you know that could really get a, a, a snowball effect going so i could see i could see where uh uh you know if you want to start at those upper weights you know where you have you know uh car coleman bastida um there to kind of get things going but uh especially if Spencer Lee isn't wrestling, 25. I could see them just going right, right from the get go. Um, cause, cause you know, that's where I was going to be vulnerable to start. And if you can take the crowd out of it, you can get your team going into a couple matches like 133, um, 141. If it, if it's Bennett and Swiderski, um, you know, and then 49, you could get on a roll, um uh, possibly early um there I, you know i agree with you i hadn't looked at it, but i think both coaches if i remember right have to agree to go to the draw so mm -hmm. i would say the to not go to the draw that means they start at 25 and so i think that that's probably what they what iowa state might do i agree with you there and then that 149 pound match if that if johnson's able to get the win over Murin after they've had a couple of wins already on the board holy cow that could really send Iowa State, you know, in those upper weights. So that does make sense to me, 125, I agree. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Iowa, um, you know, if Woods is starting, I think uh, starting at 49, you know, um, you know, if they get that win right out of the gate and then you're able to close with uh, Woods, I think that would be a, a decent spot um, starting at, you know, 57. Um would be okay because I think that's uh you know, I think that's a match that they're favored in. Um, you know, and then possibly being able to finish with, you know, Woods and Murin back to back. You know, that's uh that's a possibility as well. So right. I, I think 41 or 49 would be a good spot as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe maybe 74. So. Now, one of the things I asked Tom Brands, you know, um, when Iowa State kind of started its decline a little bit, one of the one of the talking points was college wrestlers so much better when Iowa and Iowa State are both competitive and right up there right um this uh the series has had its moments where there's been you know kind of dominant stretches and and to be honest with you um there is a time in the teens the 20 teens where this was kind of a snoozer to be honest with you yeah um you know it was it was going to be okay is it going to be a 9-1 8-2 split um you know how much will Iowa win by this year kind of deal um we've seen you know Iowa have to win a one-point duel where Austin Gomez interestingly um and Austin DeSanto came down to the final match and uh, Gomez almost got a pin, but DeSanto fought off and uh, helped Iowa, you know, win by a point. So, you know, on last year's little uh, kerfuffle, um, you know, afterwards that, that little situation um, has seemed to, to really add some more energy a little fuel on the fire, I guess, for fans' sake. Um, anyway, is that – I don't know. Are, are we getting to a point where this is a more entertaining uh, oh, yeah. series and, and rivalry now again? Absolutely. And, and, and throw you and I into that in terms of uh, oh. all three schools, when they're better, wrestling's better. But yes. particularly here um, – the uh, I think this is a competitive meet. I see, I think you know, I probably Iowa State's best. I, I just kind of, as you were talking, kind of went through it, you know, depending on who Iowa puts out, and even that for that matter, uh, Iowa State at, at you know, maybe at 33, we're, we're, we weren't sure there, but but uh, I, you know, I can see them winning five, five and five, uh, you know, Iowa six and four or better, um, you know, um, so it's a competitive meet. You know, and who knows, you know, it's always that pin. We've had that before. Yep. Uh, but, 
gosh, I'll go all the way back to Brooke Simpson back in, uh, in um, oh, I can see his face. I can't remember the Iowa State wrestler's name. Volker. Volker. Eric yeah. Volker. Eric Volker, right. Yeah. And uh, what an excitement, that, exciting match that was me. That yeah. Was. So, I mean, that's, you know, so you've had those, those moments and you're right. It was, Iowa State was out of it for a long time and it was almost like, do we really need to wrestle this, you know, with Iowa crushing them so bad and, and, uh, but now it's it's definitely back and and uh, it's fun. It's exciting to to look forward to it. So yeah, and I, and I think this this Sunday will be uh, really entertaining. Um, some uh, individuals on uh, uh, Twitter um, they uh, they mention what the prices for tickets on StubHub are going for. Would you care to? To guess the uh, the high end range. Um, First of all, aren't all of Iowa's home meets sold out? Yes. So, but there's still like, you know, StubHub still has tickets to, you know, people put them out there to to right, sell. So these them are like, like second party or third, whatever third party selling them or whatever. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna guess. This is new to me. I don't even pay attention to this stuff. So I'm gonna guess 150 dollars. So, according to, and this is, um, I, I, I don't want to take a guess. I think it's, I think it's Brad Seaton, um, uh, the uh, uh, president of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Um, but he shared that the lowest price, uh, with the fees included, is fifty-seven dollars. So. You know, I'm guessing that's up uh, by the concourse. Uh, for section double A row one, uh, the price is nine hundred and forty-five dollars. Holy moly! I was I was off. <laughs> well, well, I mean that that just blows my mind. Wow! Um, you know that's. Uh, you know that that's an enormous amount. Now, whether or not they have anybody that pays that much for them, totally different uh, situation. But the fact that college wrestling has a duel that would have even close to that kind of demand, I think that's a good sign for college wrestling. That's neat. You yeah. know, well, wrestling right now at every level is is and it's the best it's ever been world level national level college level in in the state of Iowa we we our high school wrestlers have accomplished the, they've done the best that they've ever done in the summer yeah. in Greco and, and just it's just and of course now with the addition of the, of the women it's just on a it's skyrocketing so it's exciting to be a, a, a wrestling fan so yep yep for sure for sure. And it's uh it's Sunday, uh 1:30 um in Iowa City, Carver Hawkeye Arena. 14,000 plus fans will will be there. Um so uh it, it should be quite the the spectacle and uh and I mentioned, you know, that's a lot of scratch uh for somebody buying a, a ticket to a wrestling meet, but I think it'll be worth every penny. Right. Um, I think this will be this has the makings for a classic uh duel. Will be televised on BTN with Shane Sparks and Jim Gibbons and Tim Johnson. Oh, nice. uh, 
uh, on the broadcast there. And uh, if you're not around uh, a TV, is it hunting season? Would people be in their stands or something? You can listen to uh, you can listen to Mark Ironside and Steve Grace um, on the call on on KXIC. Yeah, it's it's opening season of shotgun this weekend. I think is it really? Yeah. See, I'm not I'm not a hunter, so I I don't know any of that stuff. <laughs> so, but so if you're if you're out hunting, you can uh, maybe put your your ear pods in and. Uh, listen, Mark, and, Mark Ironside, who wishes he was out hunting, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, uh, well, uh, speaking of, let's touch on you and I really quick. Not a lot to, to really uh, get to as far as results go, um, but they have had some uh, uh, good performances um, here to open things up. You know, I think of. Uh, the Dactronics Open, uh, where they had four champions. Uh, uh, Kale Happel um, won a title there, uh, beat a ranked uh, uh, wrestler from South Dakota State. Uh, I think he actually earned Big 12 Wrestler of the Week honors um, for, for that performance. Um, then this last weekend, they had two champs at the Harold Nichols open um with parker kekeisen and um uh, let me see who the, the other one is i'm kind of blanking what's the other uh why volker yes sir yeah How about that um, you know so um those two winning titles and of course kekeisen wrestled in the all-star meet um dropped a decision to aaron brooks but i only expect him to get better and close the gap. Um, Brooks is special, man. Jeez, he's good. <coughs> but, I mean, to be Kakaisen, who's just a – I mean, he's the Energizer Bunny out there. Yeah. He just acts, and he's so funny. Probably my my favorite Iowan at the three schools, and there's a bunch. I love him. That's – that's well, wait a minute. Anyways, certainly up there uh, to watch because he's, he's always on the go on his feet and he's just pushing it. And there's – you know, the guy doesn't get tired. So right. for him to get beat eight to four, I think it was, you know, uh, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, you know, watching him, yeah. um, he just win or lose, you know, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a match that's going to have constant offense um, throughout the entire time. And he's, he is, uh, so fun to watch. Right. You and I has another young freshman, uh, Corey Land, who is highly taught, taughted and uh, is, uh, you know, uh, came in blue chipper. I don't know what, you know, one of the, I don't know how they rank them, but uh, mm-hmm. as a, one to certainly watch and a, and a big catch for you and I, even more so than, than uh, Volker was, who was, was also in that category. But, uh, you know, so that's one to watch too, Corey Land. He's seven to one currently right now, and we'll keep an mm-hmm. eye on him. Uh, you and I's got a formal lineup. They're they're solid. They've got um, lots of ranked kids again, you know, and and they're like middle teens to twenty, middle twenties maybe level for most of them. Of course, Kakaisen's ranked second, but uh, you know, so it's gonna be fun to watch them develop. And you know, Schwab does a great job up there, of course. So 
It'll be fun. Yeah. Now, interestingly, they don't have a dual meet until the collegiate duels in, in New Orleans that happen like mid December. Like, am, am I thinking right. that on the 18th or something like that? Yeah, 19th, 20th, right around there. Yeah. So down in New Orleans this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, good. Is that, is that a good thing or, uh, well, I've never seen that. So, um, it's, it's interesting, you know, they're getting hitting those tournaments. So I think they're going to the, to Las Vegas again, aren't they? To that, yeah. uh, what do they call it? The Cliff Keen, is it? Or whatever it's called down there. Yeah. The Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational, uh, this weekend, uh, starts Friday, uh, finishes up Saturday. So you got a nice two day event, you know, it's always nice to have those two day, uh, back to back weigh-in, uh, competitions, you know, and I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I kind of like, uh, kind of how this is set up because you get that tournament feel early on, <coughs> excuse me, you know, you had the Grandview Open, the the SDSU um, tournament. Then you've got the Harold Nichols Open, like you mentioned, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, then they come back the weekend after that, and they have their own UNI Open. So I think that's a good way to get into the season with the um, the, the right. tournament competition. And then, and, don't forget, KJ, then they join Iowa down at uh... – in Coralville at the military, what are they calling that? The soldier salute. Soldier salute, yeah. And uh, and uh, that's the really, I think it's gonna, you know, you and I used to go to the um, southern scuffle, and now mm -hmm. they're they're you know, you know, since this is so close, why not come you know, go to this? And and uh, right. you know, I was gonna be there. And it's, I think Midlands is kind of on maybe on its last leg here or whatever, so uh, yeah, but uh, so we'll see. That's gonna be kind of fun, that new exciting tournament down there. Yeah, for for sure, and, and like I said, I I don't know. I just kind of since you mentioned it, uh, I kind of like having that first half, you know, stacked with just yeah, you know, tournament competition because you know after you know January once January starts, you've got you know a month and a half, you know, six seven weeks of uh, dual competition um, before you get back to you know, the, the qualifier, the conference uh, tournaments and the national field. So I like how that plays out. We'll um, I, it's interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think with uh, the team that they have, I think there's a potential for, you know, one of their better seasons under uh, Schwab as a team as a whole. Um, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, who they're putting out, as long as they stay healthy and everything, um, you know, 33, you know, with Biscaglia, and, um, you know, I think there's, uh, some competition there, uh, as well, but Kale Happel, you know, he was an alternate at the NCAAs very well, could have been in the field, um, you know, uh, Colin Real Buto made some big strides last year and had some key wins. Uh, you know, Derek Holschlag um, is coming off a good year. Um, you know, you've got uh, Yant and Runyon. That guy is, you know, 
it'd be interesting to see how 197 shakes out for him, to be honest with you. Um, you know, some of the guys listed there, Adam Aronson, Noah Glazer, John Gunderson, uh, Caleb Runyon, Wyatt Volker. Uh, Volker won the Harold Nichols Open and uh, beat Aronson. Um, in that in that bracket, uh, Runyon was on the bottom side, lost to Colby Franklin from Iowa, uh, who Volker beat, I think, three to one in the finals. Um, you know, last year, was it last year? I think they took the red shirt off Gunderson. Um, you know, would you would you do that again? Um, with Volker, you know, yeah. and you've got Noah Glazier in there as well, who's had varsity experience. Um, boy, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of kind of plays out. Well, here's the thing with their schedule. I, I presume that like Volker has been wrestling unattached, mm-hmm. so that he's not, you know, his, you know, so he's still in redshirt if, if that's what they want to do. And since they're not having any duels, or not, you know, not to speak of anyway, until after the first of January, then uh, it'd be easy to keep the redshirt on him. And just let him wrestle unattached in all these tournaments. So, and maybe some of the others as well. Um, yeah, and, and don't forget this year is the first year where they have that the new rule where you can get you can have freshmen with four, four, it's like four or five or six, yeah. uh, maybe four or five events that they can wrestle without burning their shirt, Forgot without it. burning that red shirt. So. They could actually wrestle. He could actually wrestle in, you know, uh, a few events. I think it has to be uh, in the first half of the year, but I'm not exactly sure on the intricacies of that uh, that rule. But he could wrestle for you and I a couple uh, for a couple events and just kind of feel whether or not, okay, yeah, he's ready to go. No, we better just. Uh, you know, it's not much of an upgrade to what we already have. So you can feel that out even a little bit more than uh, before when you just had to have them wrestle unattached at uh, at open tournaments. Right. I forgot about that. That's that's interesting. Yeah, good point bringing that up. Yeah, and you know, that's kind of a confusing rule too because um, you know, you only have like certain think there's limit there's a limit on how many guys you can take and brands has alluded to it in a couple uh press conferences where you kind of just have to decide okay who are we taking and there could be some some upperclassmen who might have to go to a tournament wrestle unattached um just because they're gonna have these other guys wrestling attached so it's it's a it's a multi-layered rule that I still don't really have a great grasp of it. Um, but, you know, it's something that certainly uh, coaches are, are trying to figure out. And uh, I think it's good for, for them and the wrestlers um, overall though. Yeah. Um, you know, D3, uh, let's talk first off, uh, We'll mention Upper Iowa. Um, you know, they've had a couple open tournaments. They started their dual season 
uh, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, they blanked uh, a Waldorf 57-0. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, Upper Iowa's uh, off to a good start. One of the things I thought was interesting for just to mention briefly for Upper Iowa is that uh, they announced yesterday that uh, they're changing conferences. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, right now, the Northern Sun Intercollegiate uh, Conference, uh, very strong wrestling conference. Um, you know, you've got uh, Mankato State or Minnesota State Mankato. Um, you uh, know, Northern in, State, is it called? Northern State? They're not too bad either. Yeah. Maybe Bismarck or where the heck they're from. Yeah. Yeah. In, in uh, Western North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, you know a lot of Minnesota um, uh, and Dakota schools, but now they're going to the Great Lakes Valley Conference. Um, you know, and you'll recognize some of the the programs there. Uh, you talk about um, you know the the University of Indianapolis, who has that huge tournament. Um, in a good program uh, there, Maryville uh, University, St. Louis uh, is a part of that. Um, you know. Uh, Isn't there an Illinois or two school in that conference as well? Yep. Uh, so the entire conference, uh, it's Drury University, which is in Springville, Missouri. You've got University of Illinois in Springville. Field, uh, University of Indianapolis, uh, Lewis University, which is in Romeoville, Illinois. Uh, we mentioned Maryville, uh, McKendry University in Lebanon, Illinois, uh, Missouri University of Science and Technology, um, University of Missouri, St. Louis, uh, Quincy University, which is in Illinois. Uh, then you've got Rockhurst in Kansas City, Missouri, Southwest Baptist University, uh, Truman State. Um, in Kirksville, Missouri, and then William Jewell uh, College in Liberty, Missouri. Uh, interestingly, uh, Lindenwood, which has one of the uh, area's better uh, uh, NAI. Uh, well, uh, they're a D2 school, uh, Lindenwood, and they have one of the better open tournaments. Uh, you, you'll see results from um, D1 schools that go down there early in the season. <clears throat> but um, Lindenwood um, is going to reclassify as a D1 school um, here. So they're, they're actually leaving the conference, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. <clears throat> some changes there for Heath Grimm in Upper Iowa with uh, – you know, the different conference that'll start as early as next year. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a competitive conference there. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see Lindenwood adding to the D Division One level. That's nice. I want. I, I like to see Division One increase, mm -hmm. but disappointed that they're obviously leaving Division Two there. But you know, that's a love hate thing there. So, um, okay. yeah, interesting news. That was. I I didn't look. Uh, you know, I I heard that on the radio. I was roughing last night. Heard it somewhere. Uh, driving back and and uh um yeah that's uh it's crazy that 
the change like that. I'm not surprised though that that Northern uh, Sun Conference is coming out all over. Yeah, so I guess this one is too. But but uh, at least you're going down to warmer. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking too. Uh, uh, I'm I'm sure for the last half of the football season, they're more than happy to drive six hours south instead of six to eight hours north. You know. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, uh, Division Three. Uh, NAIA has uh, started up um, as well. Um, what, what have you seen uh, kind of on the D3 front, American Rivers Conference? Uh, I got to go uh, so far. I was at the uh, Co-Central meet. Very competitive. Great meet. Uh, good wrestling. Um, Co has been bit by the bugaboo again with the injury thing. Gosh, they, they're just, they've had some injuries in last year and you know, had to deal with them again already this year. Uh, like for instance, I think, uh, um, uh, geez, uh, the, the, um, well, let me, let me just go through it. First of all, the highlights, the highlights of the meet that I saw were, uh, Frittle and, and Wright, Frittle's, Alex Frittle at 133 had a nice win. And then, uh, and Riley Wright beat a, the higher, higher ranked wrestler as well. Uh, S, S Moyle continues to impress that he's, he flows so nice. He's such a great little wrestler at 65. That's Will. And, uh, and I was impressed with their freshman, Chris Ola at 174. He kind of flows like, like, uh, um, like S as well. He lost in sudden victory, but to a tough kid. Um, I, I, this is a personal thing. I don't even know if they can do it, but Frittle's up a weight. Westfall bumped up a weight and I'd like to see him go back and see if they could make Frittle can make 25 and Westfield. Uh, Westfall 74. I don't think it can happen. I think they're big and Westfall has gotten strong. He looks big and strong, but, mm-hmm. but uh, and the reason I say that is uh, it, 184 is absolutely loaded this year at Division really? 3. It's got the defending champion uh, Shinholzer from, from Whitewater. It's got the defending champion at 74 that bumped up to 84, Beecham uh, from Mount St. Joseph, and then it's got the, the, the national champion two years ago, Shane Legal from Loris, all three national champions at the same weight. You've got Donovan Korn from Luther, very tough All-American at 97, dropped down to 84. And, you know, so Westfall's bumped up, All-American at, uh, at, uh, for codes up at 84, and then throwing the rest of the country. It's tough at 184. So that's why it'd be kind of nice to see if he could. I don't think he can. He looks big and he's been in the weight room, it looks like. So, but that would be my mm-hmm. wish. Uh, Henderson is who I was trying to remember. Henderson has, I think, has has had an injury and maybe even a season career-ending injury. So hopefully that's not the case. But he's he's out. Uh, Caleb Reeves, who's ranked second, got hurt in the in the Greco uh, last spring in the Greco, uh, Greco tournament down in Las Vegas, I think. And he's they're nursing him back, kind of like Spencer Lee. Uh, I didn't see Riker Kremski so far. I don't know where he's been. He was in the lineup last year, so. Uh, Co's got a fun, fun team, and it's a lot of local people that if you love, you know, high school, Iowa high school wrestling, follow Co. They're a great team. Um, I was impressed with Central's 41 pounder. He's a long, lanky kid, glass double, and he's he he had uh, 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 beat uh, uh, Park Bryce Park from Linmar and uh, in the, their in their match. And I was really impressed with the, the progress Park made last year. So right. But, to handle park the way he did i was that's impressive and then also central's 84 pound hammer it's beat beat uh, tristan uh, westfall and uh 
Hemrich took Kyle down last year and and uh, right off the bat and a big old scramble. So he's a good wrestler as well. Cornell three and zero over uh, they've wrestled Simpson, Iowa Wesleyan, and St. Ambrose doing doing well. So Simpson, uh, I mean uh, Cornell, they've got it rolling. They wrestle uh, Loris, who's ranked twentieth on December eighth. So that's coming up here, uh, not too a distant future. Um, Coach Ham has a as a young team. And uh, but he's got him going the right direction, and and he's got uh, new assist head assistant coach and Carter Happel. So local, right. I think he's gonna be a great addition to that coaching staff and be able to bring in some local talent. Um, uh, or, yep, kind of interesting. Um, so in the fall, I went uh, out to Cornell during uh, their football media day, and I was getting a tour. They have they had made renovations and. Uh, made upgrades to their uh, uh, fitness center and um, their their weight room and strength and conditioning uh, room at the, the small, uh, what used to be called the small multi-sports center. Um, but the wrestling room is, uh, the entrance to the wrestling room is right there as well. We walked in and what's the first thing we see? We see Brent Ham and Carter Happel. Um, they're uh, having to do their own uh, maintenance work and putting, I think it was putting an Aerodyne bike together uh, mm -hmm. at the time. So, uh, you know, we talk about the, the work that uh, coaches put in, especially small college coaches. And here they are doing, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So All the good. elbow grease and, and stuff you can imagine. Um, those guys uh, putting that stuff together for the wrestlers to be able to use. And I just thought it was kind of indicative of uh, kind of the commitment. And when you mentioned uh, Carter Happel. That's neat. That, so. Well, my question is, who was reading the instructions and who was, was uh, doing that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, um, yeah, I we, we, uh, I grabbed John Haggerty and he and I went down to a, a wrestling meet last year at Cornell. Just wanted to watch some wrestling, right? And so we had to wind around and come in from underneath, and we were down in the track, hidden down there. Finally, asked one of the wrestlers, said, "Hey, how do we get to the gym? You know, to the to, to the wrestling meet?" And so he, we followed him <laughs> up, and uh, he shows very kind. And uh, anyway, uh, um, yeah, so I was anxious. I'm anxious to see the the uh, the finished product of that. So anyway, yeah, uh, it's. It's pretty nice and much uh, something they definitely uh, needed up there. So, so Loris, first year head coach, Jaron Glosser, you know that name from an, he's an Iowa alum, and uh, mm -hmm. his head assistant for Eddieville Blakesburg, right? And his yep. assistant Kurt Mumson. That, that, um, I've watched Kurt since he was little. He really? was all the way through. He was a Loris wrestler and an assumption wrestler, and really, really great guy. So I think that's going to be a good coaching staff. I don't know Jared. But I do know Kurt, and I think that's going to be a, a fun a group up there. Uh, you know, they they uh, like I said, they have Shane Lee, Golden National Champ, two years ago, and uh, he's a great kid. Met his parents last year at the regionals, and just a great family and good good kid. So we pull him for him. And I mentioned how loaded 184 was, so that's he's got his hands full there. Um, for sure, they're currently ranked 20th, but I see them climbing way you know higher on that. I, I, our, uh, uh, so there's a couple of guys that I'm curious. I'm not sure if they've been in the lineup yet, so we'll see on that one. 
But, hey, uh, one one thing I, I gotta uh, uh, kind of pick your brain about, and it has to do with one eighty four. Uh, Luther's Donovan Corn is down at one eighty four. Right, he dropped from ninety seven at one eighty four, and he was second in the August uh, the uh, Augie Open up in Augsburg, Minnesota. So he's looking pretty good there. Yeah, and that's uh, that was a quality. Uh, you know, he did well at one ninety seven. Right, all American um, there, and it kind of surprised me. You know, he's uh, he's got a nice lane, kind of long frame. Yeah, he's um, yeah. good wrestler. That uh, uh, jumping in the mix at eighty four, like you said, already stacked. That's kind of a uh, just kind of adds to the depth there at that weight. Right, I don't know that if he knew that, that Beecham was coming <laughs> up. It's gonna be if those two ever wrestle, they're gonna be totally opposites because. You're right. Corn is very tall and lanky, and Beecham is really short and stocky. So it's going to be, it's going to be a night and day on that. Be interesting to watch that one. But in uh, that, like I said, three national champions and a lot of other returners there as well. So um, anyway, uh, and then and then uh, uh, they had a, this Miguel Garcia at 125. He's uh, won the Augie Open, and he was a gold in the gold division, which is the elite division or whatever. And a lot of them have like a gold or an elite division and then a freshman division. And they had three champs in the freshman division as well. So Luther's got a, they're starting to get it going again. So not that they were too far off, but right. they're, uh, it's going to be fun to watch them. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Any, uh, any, any final uh, comments about uh, uh, college? Uh, I know there's a handful of uh, women's programs out there i know simpson's off to a good start there with uh, jeff mcginnis as the the head coach uh news that uh, morningside the naia school in sioux city uh i think a lot of people uh they hear morningside they think about football uh they were a d2 power and then uh they've been really good at uh at the naia level but now they've uh, announced that they're going to start a women's program a uh, women's wrestling program. So add that to, uh, you know, Waldorf and Grandview and a few others um, at the NAIA level in Iowa. So I saw these numbers, KJ, <laughs> nationally. The women's, this is right before Thanksgiving, the women's college wrestling website threw these out. And you probably saw them as well, maybe. But there's a, at that time, there was 132 total teams that, had, that, uh, that have or will be offering uh, women's wrestling. And, and 71 are NCAA, 42 are NAIA, and 19 are junior college. And so then I, I was curious as to the breakdown at, at the NCAA level, Division One, Two, and Three. And this is where my disappointment, and you, you, you and you as well, we discussed that the other day. And that is uh, Division Three has 38 of those 71 programs. Division Two has 29 of the 71. And Division One has three. One of them in South Carolina, I believe, and one in Connecticut, I think. I mean, I, I don't even know the Division One schools that have men's wrestling in those two colleges. <laughs> but and then Iowa, and so I mean, where are the other schools in Division One, and why are they not joining on this? I'm just this yeah. And and you know, one of the one of the things when Iowa came out and announced that they were going to start a women's program. And, you know, 
one of the things that was bandied about, you know, uh, kind of off the record was, you know, they wouldn't be doing this if they hadn't touched base with others saying, hey, if we're going to make this jump, you're going to jump with us. It may not be right away, but eventually, right? Mm-hmm. And for them to do that, it was kind of a uh, expectation or an assumption that other power five, we'll say power five, because that's the the buzz term for, you know, the big conferences like the Big Ten, Big 12, all that stuff, <clears throat> ACC, um, that somebody had to have said, yeah, we're willing to make the jump with you. You know, we'll we'll join you. We'll, we'll work on this and get it done. But we haven't heard anything. There hasn't been a rumor or a whisper uh, or anything from other programs saying, you know, an Ohio State or, you know, an Illinois or Wisconsin or anything like that saying, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to join them or an Oklahoma State or Penn State, anything like that. Uh, at least I haven't. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, maybe I'm just not plugged in to the right people anymore. But uh, well, that's disappointing. That, yeah. You know, because I think a lot of people assume that when Iowa made that decision, it was going to, you know, be the crack in the dam. And, you know, there would be a flood of teams willing and wanting to do that. Well, and, and right now I haven't heard anything about that. Right. And, and again, limited knowledge, maybe no knowledge, but you know, I was kind of in one, in a way their hand was forced to, to, to at least maybe sooner than they wanted to, to uh, bring on women's wrestling. Um, and so you, you don't, you just wouldn't think they would, as you're indicating, take a blind leap of faith and hope that other schools are going to join them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they did, that would be silly. So I'm guessing you're 100% right that they had some feelers out there. But I, I just wish the Division One schools would jump on board and make me feel a little bit better about that decision. So Yeah. And, you know, uh, interesting, uh, remember the uh, uh, Jillian uh, Worthen, uh, you know, the union community wrestler that uh, – has kind of made a, a plea to you and I right. to kind of get things uh, going there. And, you know, maybe maybe that'll be another domino that that falls. Maybe that uh, that'll work out. But, um, you know, we'll, ju- we'll just have to see and kind of have our fingers crossed that uh, there are some that are traveling down the pike. We just haven't, you know, kind of see them, right. haven't seen them in the distance yet. Well, and you've got, I, I mean, I know there's an expense, obviously, with bringing it in. You have to pay for your coaching staff and, and all the other things that are involved in that. But, but it's a chance to, to, to balance the field a little bit in the gender equity uh, category. You know, football is so you know, heavy male that it's taken a lot of sports away. Uh, so now you've got an opportunity to add a female sport to, you know, help balance those numbers. And maybe even I, I was hoping that we'd see some division one men's programs come back. So. Right. Right. Cause that, cause that is something that you're hoping is a byproduct of the uh, women's sports, uh, uh, women wrestling programs 
uh, emerging is that it, it could help pull back in um, some of those male sports, you know, especially since they're so um, they're, they're mirror sports. Before we sign off, I'm going to do this here and I'm going to do it again next time as well. So, okay. We're desperate for officials. With the addition of the girls, we've doubled our need for, for officials. And, you know, the officials that are out there are working their butt behinds off. And, like, I know officials that have been booked since, you know, since after Thanksgiving, all the way up till like the 18th or 20th of December without any days off other than Wednesdays. And now that's when we have our, our uh, officials meetings, like I have a Zoom meeting tonight. So there's just, it's crazy. And some of the officials are getting worked overtime because you'll go to tournaments and they don't have enough officials there. So you have to stay on the mat and you don't get a rest. Or, oh. yeah, like, like in the last two days, since yesterday and into today, I bet I've had 15 emails asking for, for officials. We don't have an official. We need an official. We need an official. Central City today asked for official for, I think this is next week. I've had some others for, for tomorrow and for and then for Friday and Saturday. And it's like, boy. So if you can, are interested at all in, in officiating, please, please reach out to myself. You can reach out to the Eastern Iowa Wrestling Officials Association uh, online there. And then, uh, uh, but we really need you, male or female. And I actually maybe more female than male because We've got these girls that could sure use some leadership and some role models out there. So please think about that. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Please do. And with that being said as well, fans keep that in mind too, when you're out there, um, people out there are, they're part of why your children are getting an opportunity to compete. So remember that when you want to complain about, calls that are made or, or anything like that because you very well could turn away an official that is badly needed and could be the difference between being able to have an event so kids can compete and not have it. So uh, yeah. remember that when you're in the stands and, and please, uh, if you have an opportunity to give back to the sport of wrestling uh, by toting a whistle, uh, consider it. And, and like Coach Briggs, You've done it. You've done it in every fashion that I can think of. You've done it as a competitor. You've done it as a coach. You've done it as a media member. You were doing it as official. Um, you're you're a great one to to take advice from and uh, champion of the cause. A lot of great people that are involved as officials, and obviously in every aspect of the sport. But there's some really great people that are absolutely busting their behinds, working hard for the sport. So. Come join us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Coach Brick, boy, I tell you what, we covered a lot uh, uh, today. First time coming back, so a lot to lot to talk about. It was fun. Uh, I, I always enjoy it uh, when we're able to do this. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Um, make sure you tune in every week. Um, you know, to, to Coach Briggs and I, we're hoping to maybe have uh, – some guests uh, join us uh, throughout the season, and we'll just kind of leave it at that, uh, hoping that uh, works out so you can uh, uh, look for that as well. I'd like to give a big shout-out to our World Cup buddy, uh, Nathan Ford. That's World Cup of Soccer, not the World Cup coming up in uh, Coralville for wrestling. 
but our, our soccer world cup buddy nathan ford for uh producing this and uh uh working with us every week during the wrestling season as well hey let's keep wrestling on the move thanks for watching everybody Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.